You fucking asshole. I hope this is being recorded. I want all of it is. All uh, of the abuse. You want to know that it's going to the police. A non-empty can at me. It has absolutely drenched me, and because there's no video recreation, it's all in my shirt. Three, two, one. Start the podcast. Howdy, and welcome to Beers with Engineers. A podcast by Engineering Daz, where if it looks stupid but it works, then it's not stupid. Hurry up! Here, three blokes, Sean, James, and Patty, talk all things engineering, science, tech, maths, movies, entertainment, and news related. I swear I'm gonna lose it! Anyways, sit down, relax, crack open a drink, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Water Wonders with James. How are we doing, gentlemen? I'm good. I'm Very good. good. You know what? I would like to... Oh, fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know it, uh, Paddy just dropped an entire bucket of energy drink over the top of my head. I'm just I did not. I did not. He's flooding him with cans. Absolutely oh, flooding hey, I, him. I had yeah. to get him into the motif. I have to get him into the feeling well, you've of got, what we're talking about You've today. got me wet when I'm trying to stay dry, and that leads us into a conversation today. James, what are we talking about? We are talking about the recent natural disasters that have been happening for a few weeks now. Um, Still in the middle of it. I think there's a bit of a pause at the moment, but uh, yeah, in northern uh, time in, for flood round two in flood northern two flood northern round. New South Wales and um, some parts of Queensland and even in the Western Sydney region. Yeah, we apparently the southeast of New South Wales is expecting yeah. a, a few rainfalls, a small yeah. bit of flooding. We are seeing flash flooding and other flooding events now, Paddy. What is the difference between a flash flood and a regular flood? One's and- faster than the other. Pretty much, yeah. Like it's, the name gives it away. So yeah, yeah, normal flooding lasts for a lot longer. When I when I think of Flash, I think of that comic book character. The Flash. Yeah, mm. yeah he's spot. I on. mean, people die in Flash floods very very quickly. So I guess it's a well, Flash floods like there's no time to react to it. So it just literally, is, it's almost like a monsoon where it just just comes and happens. Yeah, yeah no, spot whilst, on. Whilst like, a flood is more just like it's uh yeah it, it's ever it's ever growing. So. It, yeah, more time. It's yeah. a bit slow, but it's similar. It usually happens over about six hours or so. Good example is the other day in northern New South Wales, or the other week now, they ex- they got about 900 millimetres of rain overnight. 900 millimetres. Which is so about their annual rainfall in a 24-hour period, right? Or something crazy close to that. Pre- yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, Ugh. like... It's and it's not just the flooding we're seeing. It's just the absolute monstrosity of dam start and overfill. Currently, Warragamba Dam is spilling seventy gigaliters, or it was spilling seventy gigaliters a few weeks ago when they last recorded it, um, and it's just crazy going into the river. So we're lucky, I guess, where we live in our area because we're quite high up. We're not built on floodplains, whereas Lismore is built right next to a floodplain. Mm-hmm. And back when they did the modeling, they were like, "Nah, man, like it's a one in one hundred year flood event. It's hardly going to happen." We've got mm-hmm. the We've got the computer analysis to tell you when to get out. Historical analysis. And just for those clarifying, Warragamba Dam is the main water supply for the Sydney region. Um, it supplies pretty much all our fresh water supply. Uh, previously, it was quite dry, quite low, and then a few flash floods, and we're back up to the top. Put it back in the tank, kids. Mm. Very, very impressive. Yeah, good on you. My grandfather actually contributed to the Warragamba Dam build. Oh, lovely. Uh, he always oh. talks about it, so whenever he knows I love water, he goes, well, I built the Watergamber Dam, so, you know. Man, that, was an, that was a terrible that was, Italian as, accent. As an Italian, that was terrible. you did not All do right, a good let's, job. Let's do, let's do another take. All right, three, two, one, go. 
<laughs> I go a... from growing my tomatoes. I build the dam and I do everything. I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're doing this instead of us two. Little... It'll be more Mario uh, and Luigi. Yeah, mm. it's Ma- me. I'm building the dam. Wasn't, oh, Ma- wasn't Mario and Luigi already a, like a stereotype of each other because they were done by Japanese actors or? I could not tell you. I'm not sure on that knowledge. Anyway. But yes, yeah, so anyway, we're getting off topic. But yes. as, as, <laughs> as we've been getting on, what, Patty, and I think, Sean, you know how... Why do you think... Flo- how do you think floods are actually caused? Like, what's the main driver I, and I, effect? I think the main impact that's driving floods is uh, water. I think that's a massive element in floods. Really? Uh, uh, Patty, what's your take on this? Oh, whatever. I mean, I... I would have guessed dirt. I don't know. Oh, I mean, um, dirt does have some relation to it when yeah, you're talking yeah. about runoff. But yeah, well, obviously, water. Where is the water coming from? I don't know. I thought it was just like the the poor like drainage systems, and I, you know, just like the infrastructure is just bad. There's no like there's no all, runoff areas. All that stuff contributes to it. I mean, you look at Mexico, for example, where it's got Ooh. a terrible track record. Like the whole stormwater system has just been destroyed by terrible infrastructure. But I mean, here in here in Australia, for example, we're we're pretty good. But like I said. When they built on floodplains, they didn't predict how bad it was going to be. So you think of a water tank, for example, and everyone generally thinks, oh, no, floods are just caused by the rain, a lot of rain in one area, but that's generally not the case. So if you get, like, a cup of water and you keep filling it up, eventually that water has to go somewhere. In the case of, say, northern New South Wales, the river's basically flooded, overfilled, and topped over onto the road, and that's why Maccas and service stations have been submerged. Luckily, the modelling does kind of help, and people got out a long time before the floods did happen, but I think three or four people died as a result of flash flooding, which is very, very sad. Mm, it, I mean, like like jokes aside, like flash flooding does lead to human casualties. There's only so much you can do when you're dealing with a mass populace and a natural event. Um, I think there was some amazing bit of work to help try and save these people. I saw this one where um, a lady, uh, sorry, a family with their dog was sitting on a roof for two days before a helicopter found them in a rural area. Mm. You couldn't, you couldn't see underneath the roof, and they they flew them out. But imagine if that helicopter wasn't there. That's an awful story. And so, like, it's it's a lot of work done. Uh, great shout out to the SES. So, um, what does SES stand for? State, uh, State of Emergency Service. That's they did an amazing job pushing people, um, getting people out and, uh, uh, who were vulnerable. Um, it, it was a mass effort, and uh, obviously our thoughts go to the people that mm. weren't able to survive the natural mm. event. On the other end of it, though, you have the true Aussies bringing their stand-up paddle boards <laughs> and going for a sup on like the flooded rivers and true. people with their tinnies. I mean, actually, shout out to the people with tinnies who have just driven around saving dogs bringing people to the land that's awesome mm. like there was actually a video of a guy who was like couldn't sleep at night his wife would be like okay you've saved enough people come home he goes i can't sleep knowing there's people out there <laughs> there's literally videos of people taking their stand-up paddle boards and driving over like the flooded roads and stuff because like there's so much volume of water and they're just like mm. why not i can't do anything else my house is underwater i <laughs> got my fucking sup out when i escape imagine that like you have a warning to get out of your area you drive out in your van you're like well, better pack my stand-up paddleboard. I'm not going to the river today. You got to mm. float somehow down that river. So, for, like in this podcast, like obviously, there's so much you can talk about about what's happening in Australia. But I wanted to every now and again tell you guys about some disasters that have happened around the world in terms of flood. So, and the first one I wanted to talk about is um, the Saint Francis Dam um, that was a massive engineering failure on 
extensive portion. So it's a curved concrete gravity dam that was built between 1924 and 1926 in order to help mm. meet the Los Angeles growing need for water regulation and storage. But in order to build the dam, an American Irish, Irish civil engineer by the name of William Mulholland was hired. Located about uh, 64 kilometers northwest of downtown LA, the dam was designed and built by the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power under the direction of a general manager and chief engineer, again, William. On March 12, 1928, the dam catastrophically failed, resulting in f- the death of, guess how many people? 300. 10,000? Close. <laughs> <laughs> I just always go high when you guess numbers because it's... 431 people, which is a lot for 1928. Um, so, the disaster was blamed on the poor design and the use of very poor quality concrete, which allowed water to pretty much overwhelm the dam's mm. foundation, just destroyed it, and William was kind of let go, and his engineering life kind I think, of stopped. I think they would never have hired mm. him again for anything. And that's one of the like big learnings we've taken from like a very old disaster, is civil engineers and material engineers work very well together. You'd be surprised concrete, mm. you know, is a very, very important staple in building any structure. So, yeah. So that's, as as unfriendly it is for the environment, it's, we still need it. <laughs> yeah, so it's the one area in terms of like emissions that are really hard to tackle. Because right now, to make concrete, you you make it near site or on site, um, it produces like forty percent of the emissions of a building over its lifetime, including all the power you go into it. Like it, concrete is really hard to break down um, and to make without incredible amounts of climate change and co2 being emitted so it's, it's one of the ones that we are trying to slowly find a way through i think they're talking about hempcrete where they use hemp as a yes. concrete material which has almost no environmental impact there was a, a billionaire a russian billionaire um in brisbane that built like this 70 million dollar house out of pure hempcrete he owns a hempcrete company but it was a proof of design of a very low emissions household it has a massive solar rain battery on it does it have the same longevity as normal concrete would have? It's, 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 it's a lot say. more expensive, though, like at the moment. Obviously, a lot of new progressive technologies are more expensive to begin with, but like Sean said, we're very early days mm. for it. Mm. But the, well, let's, we're off topic here a little bit, but in terms of flooding themselves, um, obviously the floods are still occurring, so we don't know the real extent of the damage. I mean, there's a massive um, in economic cost as well as a massive loss of life which is never an ideal obviously we we want to minimize it so what are ways to minimize climate uh well flooding in both the short term and long term um okay so short term is very important because you need about almost every single like type of engineer to work together you need the civil ones to build structures mechanical and electrical to build um pretty much the machinery to get water out and then obviously materials sorry engineers to build concrete and then your agriculture and your environmentalists to do the modeling my like main so everyone talks about yeah let's just raise the damn wall like by another 10 meters that's going to contain mm. it like to an extent yeah you're right but it's a it's like putting a band-aid on um an ever constantly bleeding skin that's going to destroy that band-aid again my a salve on a tumor i think is the, the correct terminology from the witcher series oh very nice there um my like main go-to being someone who loves machines and stuff which would just be build a lot more water mains and a lot more stormwater plants, for mm. example. So we focus heavily on sewage treatment and also drinking water treatment. Obviously, people need to use the bathroom and people need to drink water. But what we don't, I guess, do a lot of globally, not just in Australia, is account for a lot of stormwater assets, for example. So mm. pretty much building massive pipes that when it does start raining, you take the load off current sewage treatment plants 
and just divert it to stormwater. The problem is no one wants to spend money That's on plants money. that are never going to run. Like yeah. these plants turn on like two or three times a year. Well, theoretically, they should only turn on one in a hundred years because it's a one in one hundred year flood. Hang on a minute. There was a one in one hundred year flood last year as well. Okay, so this is something <laughs> I, I was talking to James about before because um, there's a mayor out of West Sydney and. Last year, in 2021, there was a massive flood which devastated homes. Who's the mayor? Uh, I can't say. I don't want to be... Yes, she can. Dominic uh, Perrottet. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, mayor, not, not uh, yeah, premier. But he shit. was an Nepean, Nepean uh, mayor. So kind of Penrith area, right? Mm. And that area has a very large water supply. The Nepean River is massive. It's what gave its name. Um, the problem is, right, so last year he went up and said this is a 100-year flood and we're going to do things to make it. We're going to make ourselves more resilient. This year, a flood, also even bigger, also considered a once in 100 year flood. Now, they said, so uh, why do you reckon there's been a one in 100 year flood two years in a row consecutively? And went, oh, when I say one in 100, it's not to say that uh, it happens every once in 100 years. What we're saying is there's a 1% chance it happens every year. 1% chance it happens every year and it happens consecutively? That's like winning the lottery twice in a row, actually probably more chance the point being is right imagine you had a once in one year flood when do you expect the next flood to happen 100 years yeah exactly for it to happen the next year that based off his statistics of one percent let's take that face value that's a one in ten thousand chance of happening one in ten thousand chance that you get a one in one year flood two years in a row so why do any resilience because statistically speaking Based on historical analysis, you're not going to get a flood for another 9,999 years. We have only been around for 200. <laughs> Why build anything? Because it's statistically very unlikely to happen. Why build it a more resilient area? Well, see, this is the like this is the argument that I was going to make. Another thing in like the short term you can do is just don't build in those areas. I know we want to improve infrastructure and give people mm. houses to live, but there's so much more opportunity to build like next to a floodplain, like. Yeah, we can do engineering solutions to stop it, but as engineers, we try and do everything simple. How to avoid it? Don't go there. <laughs> I mean, like- it's an economic decision to build close to cities, nearby, a rapid expansion. If you had an opportunity to build like a neighborhood in a floodplain, which was right next to where you needed to be and all amenities and good value versus up on a hill 50 kilometers away, the, the fuel cost to f- get you in and out every day, the road costs, additional transmission, the build costs would have been higher. It doesn't make sense. They just said, oh, you built in a floodplain? That's your own fault. You shouldn't have bought here. It's, they put the onus on the owner, which mm. is not okay. Another short-term solution to flooding, you can build um, diverter channels. So basically what you can do is where the river goes. So as we know, we learn as kids, water goes downhill. So mm. it needs to go from a point of higher to lower energy. All you can do is next to a riverway, just, just excavate a channel and it's mm. going to go to a more preferential route. So just divert it to, I don't know, maybe another river or underground somewhere like but, Mexico. But also that is a massive construction to, to create yep. uh, an area like that of such enough scale to handle like gigaliters of water. That's a lot of money that has no economic benefit besides saving houses. Why would why would anyone build that? James? Correct. And we're getting closer to why the long-term solutions yeah. are better. The last one is actually not too expensive, but just build baffles next to the river. So, or what's, you, what's a baffle? A baffle is something that slows down the rate of something else. In this case, water. So, what it would do is imagine heaps of water flowing and you have a wall. That water mm. hits a wall. The wall takes the shock and takes the energy and the water flow slows down. So, yeah, you're still going to have flooding over time, but you have more time to evacuate people. <laughs> the main thing you want to stop here is just people 
again dying yeah that's like, why that's is that why there's always i see those are a big wall but then immediately is like a small trench before you hit the road so what? It's, always, it's almost like a like a almost like the start of an M mm. and then goes all the way further down then continues with the M. Yeah. If you're making like a letter. Yeah, pretty much. And see Italy built something very simple, like an ingenious sort of engineering system because they get a lot of like coastal and ocean floods, I think. Mm. Um and what they built was imagine just like an incline plate and they just stuck that in the middle of this water body. Yeah. And what happened was in those massive flooding events where it's heaps high tide and the water pushes up the coast, it just pretty much stops on this baffle and this thing shakes up and down eventually still floods but just a lot slower because the main thing with flooding is not so much you know having your house submerged and then you drown it's just the impact of water how quickly it fills up when water is going at such a fast rate you think oh i'm a good swimmer but no when it's filling up yeah. really hard it's hard mm. to egg beat it's hard to escape and that's why people die Mm. Well, I mean, like the same thing, speaking of Italy and, and water issues, we can always talk about the famous city of Venice, the archipelago, the man-made archipelago, beautiful area, floods 100 days a year. I thought it was sinking, like it a, is couple sinking, of, a couple yeah. of, how many, I don't know, a couple of centimetres It is a sinking, year. yeah. So yeah. It, there's a lot of issues and they actually put in a really good like uh, tidal wall. So what it is, it's like a, a metal sheet as the water comes in and as the water comes in, it pushes the sheet up to try and like slow down the flow of water into the city so you can prepare for it better. You're not getting the same kind of impact into the, like, the, the area as you would have. But again, this is salve on a tumour. Hmm. And so let's get on to the real long-term solution here, Jimmy. <laughs> I'll get back to another short-term one because you're going to love it and it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But yeah, the long-term solution, um, we can divert you to listen to our podcast and the I. <laughs> the IPCC, yeah. Um, on on um, climate change. But yeah, pretty much fucking invest in renewables because climate change is destroying the planet and floods mm. is one of the main impacts. But people usually think floods is rain. How does climate change have anything to do with floods? It's a very valid question for someone who doesn't study the environment because mm. what you're worried about as the average Joe, I guess, is it's going to get warmer. Oh, but climate change is global warming, James. Why should there be more flooding if the temperature is increasing? Oh, that's a very, very good question, Tobes. Oh, Lord. yes. Go on, Jim. So, one thing... Okay, so, Paddy, let's just work down. I'm going to pretend you're a five-year-old here. We're going to go start that's with... That's rude. I mean, I've got the intelligence of one, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, so why does flooding happen? Water. And where does water come from? The ocean. When it rains, where does the water come from? The sky. Correct. And that water comes from, like you just said, the ocean through evaporation and the natural water cycle. And with the heating temperatures, that also heats up another continent that no one that really lives on, which is Antarctica. Very well done, Patricio. The increasing temperature causes more evaporation. And then pretty much think of a balloon, right? If you blow up a balloon eventually it's going to have so much air that it needs to pop. The air's got somewhere to go. Clouds sort of act. In, it's a lot more complex, but in a similar matter. When enough water evaporates into the sky, um, the vapor pressure forces it to go back into water. And that's why you have 900 millimeters of rain happening overnight because that's mm. a lot of buildup from the ocean over time, eventually destroying it. So, <laughs> you're a climate skeptic. I can't, we can't explain it more simply than that. Yeah. I mean, that, that is the, the simplest way to explain how this is all linked together. Effectively, though, um, the faster we work on climate change, the less likely we're going to see fires, floods, hurricanes. By the way, this is the fourth large-scale natural disaster to affect Australia in four years. Fourth one. We had two rounds of bushfires, two rounds of floods. 
But nah, it's fine. We'll just build a bigger dam wall. Should be mm. all right. Don't worry about I it. I wonder what will happen next year. Oh, don't. It has been a long four years. Mm. I, I really can't risk that. So, <laughs> I don't know if you heard of this, Sean. This is one that you're going to like. I found this the other day, but most Teslas don't have this, but some Teslas are provisioning something called a boat mode. And there was a video, <laughs> there was a video in China of a Tesla just driving through flooded waters fine like mm. elon musk made a joke about it a few years ago but now that like putting in a boat mode in tesla so another short-term solution <laughs> is buy a tesla that has boat mode in it yeah so dude can... well the thing is right the teslas have a built-in hepa filter which most cars do not hepa filters are the filters that they use in surgical rooms they use it in really high quality masks this thing is designed to stop radiation gas poisoning there was a great video I, I forgot who did it but they put a normal truck and a tesla inside like this enclosed like uh plastic sphere then popped smoke grenades outside and the guy was in the car had the aircon on you could see little like air trails coming through put little like ribbons in to show the aircon was on nothing not a single bit of red smoke came in and then it swapped over to the truck next door and you couldn't even see the inside of the cabin like, it was full smoke. The guy's like, definitely don't try this at home. But the standard HEPA filter in a car designed for nuclear winter. So, if you want to survive the long term, buy yourself a Cybertruck. That shit works all day. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it can it can tow four Ford Rangers. So, its tow capacity is amazing. And it can also get you through the, the river. Yeah, get you to zero to 103 seconds for a, what, one and a half ton truck. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine having a Tesla powerful enough to get you to a different country. I mean, we're very far off with the battery the, technology. So the, the closest the, the we can like, go is maybe like New Zealand or Tasmania is the next country over. The Tesla bullet train. Yeah. Oh, imagine no, it. that's the Hyperloop. That bad boy is looking mm. fucking mean. Imagine Ooh. Uber rides to New Zealand. Just like, oh yeah, it's going to be a 36-hour Uber drive to New Zealand. Be, it's like we're going to have to stop at the solar farm on the way in to charge up. But so, yeah, it should be right. Sounds like one of those things if I ever go on my Uber, my use the Uber app. So mm. okay, I want to go sup, go someplace. There's sometimes, depending on where you are, you get a helicopter. Yeah, Uber, Uber like Lyft, I think is called or something like that. Oh. It's it's weird and crazy. I think they're going to do that in Melbourne as a test case, where they fly you around the city like short mm. fifteen minute flights. But fifteen minutes flights <laughs> in a drone or like a little helicopter, that shit goes quick. You go pretty far across <clears throat> the suburban area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we're way off topic here. Back Ooh, onto the floods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now the floods are obviously devastating. So we're trying to figure out. Um, obviously more than just dealing with the short term, the long term. How do, how do we fix this? Um, we need to build more like storages as well. So like obviously a lot of it is diverting to the river. So say um, water like lands on the road, it needs somewhere to go. Mm. So it's going to flow to the river and other water bodies. So just build heaps of like ponds, ditches and tanks. Like, build them heaps deep. Yeah, like, you know. Building those, tanks will be invading Ukraine. <laughs> Sorry. That is way too <laughs> bro, soon. Bro, bro. Oh, it's oh. currently happening. I don't know if it can get any sooner. <laughs> Listen to last week's podcast, please. Oh, yeah, anyway. um, Yeah, the, those big conservatives aren't going to like it, but just building heaps deep, like, storage. Pretty much massive. I'm not even going to call them dams. Just water bodies. And then you can, when the floods are done, harvest that water for something else. Another thing you can do is actually like increase soil infiltration. So you can like, so as we guys know, soil absorbs a lot of water. You need a lot of water to get soil to reach 100% humidity and moisture content. So mm. what you can do is just like plant like heaps of farms near, near the river. Like, I mean, as a farmer, washing, watching your entire crop getting decimated is probably not a great incentive oh, to build. Sorry, <laughs> I, I didn't mean farms. I didn't mean farms to grow crops. Oh, I mean, right, okay. I mean like, 
proper flood farms. Like, yeah. This is something that you don't really hear much of as a solution, but something I've always thought of is what I would do if I had to try and stop flood was just is just put, like put heaps of soil over a massive plane. Mm. And then obviously that in combination with tanks, um, a lot more pipe work and water mains to get to stormwater plants and better diversion strategies. So pipes obviously get clogged up in storms and, and floods. Yeah. Like you get leaves and rocks and shit going down in there. You just need better ways to detect blockages and better ways to clear them. And mm. then, yeah, pretty much you're good. I've got a crazy idea that could help. Or possibly make it worse. I don't help know. Help or hinder. This is the new section from Patty. Yep, help or hinder. This. Okay, no okay, one. Okay, just edit um, one in. I'll edit one in. I'll, yeah, I'll see. Uh, if, I, if I'm lazy, I won't. Anyway, <laughs> so obviously it's it's ridiculous the fact that in one area of Australia, in this in this in this situation, east probably coast. probably the east coast, Queensland, New South Wales, its places have been absolutely flooded. Whilst on the entire other side of the country that there is, you know, more drought than ever or probably there's more... A, actually, there's a fire going through a few months. Exactly. WA, yeah. yeah. So, what if there was... We're getting attacked oh. on all sides. Sorry, sorry. What if there was a, like something set up almost like what you were talking about with uh, uh, the stormwater, like, safety drains or whatever. What, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the diversion channels. The yeah. diversion that channels. Water what if it diverted <laughs> them to the, <laughs> the drought... <laughs> It just like quickly, it's built some pipes all the way to us. Just pump that shit out there. Um, not a terrible idea on a very high level. I mean, very okay, if we if we imagine very money was not an object, yeah. If we had, as Patty likes to say, "fuck off, money." Um, mm, this would be great. My, my favorite kind of money. Yeah. And this is like okay, a long term solution. Then is let's focus our um our, our focus on space to harness minerals. And then we have resources oh, to build these things. Oh, did a great story of how uh, mining exploration oh, saved humanity. Or if there was a diversion channel that, just like the elevator to space, was also a diversion channel up to... And just dumping. send it, just dump it in. I, I think <laughs> dumping water out of, the, out of the human sphere is probably not the greatest We're idea. There's about to be a fucking has water war. Has anyone ever tried that? I actually, like, I'm, I'll be dumping water into no, space. No, not that. No. But, like, hypothetically, you know, because, you know, the, apparently there's, you know, like a few astronauts up there doing their thing. I don't mm. know. And they might need to do a spacewalk. What if you had a bottle of water? And just what happens if they just tip it out, like on to, like outside the, on a spacewalk? Yeah, like what it does. I assume it just kind of floats like a weird bubble. It yeah, would pr- it, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. it would eventually slowly fall back to Earth and then be evaporated uh, as it entered the ozone and then become part of uh, our atmosphere. Ah, uh, which is not good because water is a greenhouse gas. Then we're back. Then we're back yeah, to then we're back to square one. I guess. Yeah, so, exactly. All right, I'll concede the dumping in space idea. Actually, interestingly, <laughs> so sometimes they have to. Obviously, um, astronauts are humans and have to do a number two every now and then. And so after a while, they have a buildup of like space, space sewage, right? And the thing is, holding building tanks on a spacecraft to just hold poo very expensive. It's like a few thousand dollars per kilogram on a space rocket. So what they mm. do is they just launch the poos out in little bags and they, they fall to earth, just like this water. Mm-hmm. The thing is, because it's not like a gas, it's a solid, it burns up upon re-entry. And so some people in like the outback of Australia where you can actually see the stars, watch shooting stars go, 
wow, it's beautiful. Make a wish. No, that's space poo. That's what you're making bets on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this. When I wish upon a star. No, Mate, wish upon a shit. If I, yeah, if yeah. I, I went into corn in this one. <laughs> if I went into space, the old corn hub. <laughs> if I went into space, I would just open up the uh, the cockpit, expose myself with my astronaut suit on, and just just. Do a number two in space. Let that shit just run rampant. Okay, well, I don't think you understand doing a poo in a space, space suit because there's not like a hole in the space suit for number twos. You I, can't just expose yourself at the back. You can't uh, get sucked out of question, it. Question. <laughs> this might be weird and it's incredibly off topic. However, since we're talking, we're talking about shitting in space, you know. As we do. You get lonely in space, you know. No. We're not talking about this. We're not talking about this. We got it. We're way off topic. All right. Floods. Floods are the main issue. Back That's literally flood. everything you do, and everything you can do to stop floods. But this is like everything else; you need to spend money on it, and we don't have like stop looking at me, Daddy. <laughs> We're not talking on this topic. We can't justify expenditure on like the infrastructure. No, and unfortunately, we're not going to start spending money on it because it's just too expensive. So, how much it is, is how much would is theoretically oh, fucking hell? How much is put aside for um, infrastructure regarding? Uh, well, that's that sort of thing. It's so interesting. So, following the bushfires um, two years ago, there was obviously massive bushfires in Australia that destroyed thousands of homes, millions of hectares of land, one of the worst that we've ever experienced, um, and we were very much underprepared for. Um, since then, they put a $4 billion fund in the federal government um, for disaster building and resilience, right? Now, how much money do you reckon out of that $4 billion fund has been allocated since the bushfires, considering that we've had two or three natural disasters? $10,000. No, so it's about $100 million out of $4 billion, right? But the problem is, right, the reason they're not taking out more money is because this fund was supposed to grow. $4 billion set aside into an interest and some natural interest. It's now up to $470 million because it was a very good year. Um, $470 million. So we've used a very small part of this proportion. So the whole idea was... A lot of these uh, events are going to happen more often. Let's put a bit of money aside, save that up, and then spend it on things that we need more. Maybe bushfire recovery or mm-hmm. clearing, and then like more of um, the could be used for like emergency aid. If yeah, necessary. It's, it's roughly yeah. so they calculate it on like equivalent population, for example. So it's like a thousand dollars per adult and four hundred dollars per children. So it, it's very it's it's actually variable. They don't just have a fixed rate towards it. But I've got, I'm very happy with ScoMo's response to the floods. Mm, like he, he showed up no, with a pool noodle. Then got COVID. Then no, left. like, dude, no, that's not right. He had a boat in Lismore and was driving around and picking people up and taking them back to shore. Are you sure that was? Yeah, out? dude, he had a boat, like a massive yacht. He took his yacht that he spent yeah. all the job keeper money on, and was like literally getting pool noodles out and like getting wrapping people well, back in. This is an issue that I have. With, <laughs> yeah, and, and had a donut attached to the back of the yacht, so he was pulling people along doing doughies. Oh, good on him. Yeah. He's a, he's just a standard every man for the mm. Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I wish I had the soundboard because I'd be like, I'm just an bum, everyday bum. normal motherfucker. Yeah, that would be <laughs> right. That's what he thinks is. But I mean, like, you no, do he have was... the soundboard right there, but you're just no, choosing no. not to. A, ru- a rumor says that Scotty from marketing had his scuba diving gear and was trying to find coal at the bottom of the floodplain. Oh, he does love coal <laughs> in Queensland. I tell you what, he loves that. The, the thing that pissed me a little bit off, right? So there's houses underwater. People are currently dying in Queensland. He was supposed to fly up, right? He was supposed to fly up Monday morning at like 7 a.m. He delayed that flight that morning to about in the early afternoons. You know Why? Because he went on a podcast with Piers Morgan talking about cancel culture. That is a real thing. He cancelled his flight 
to help out with Queensland because you want to do a podcast with Pierce Morgan on cancel culture. Look it up. It's fucking weird. I just thought it was Every funny. man. Oh. I, I thought it was funny how people were like, oh, he went to Hawaii during bushfires and now he went and caught COVID during the floods. Mm. He purposely caught COVID. I was yeah. just like, and played a ukulele that he bought in Hawaii yeah, not a on great the 60 Minutes special. Yeah. The 60... Oh, God. The story behind that too, right? He, it was not a natural part of the conversation. They were talking with the presenter, Peter Stefanovic, and they were like, oh, sorry, Carl, Carl Stefanovic, yeah, the other yeah, one. Yeah. Um, and they went, hey, I've been learning the ukulele and just started playing it. No one asked him. <laughs> he just wanted to show how normal he was by pulling out his ukulele. Nothing, nothing says nothing, normal like yeah. playing a ukulele. Yeah, exactly. Terribly. Anyway, oh, man, I, could, I, I could go on that topic about Mr... Marketing man for a long time. I'm gonna uh, wrap I the know, podcast. We're trying to say apolitical. I'm gonna wrap the podcast up right here because that is literally. So if you're in the flooding areas right now, please stay safe. I know most of you have been evacuated already. Stay strong. Stay in there. We all have your back. Thanks for listening. To see more engineering dads content like this, head to our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and I'll link below to see our other projects. Have a good one.